I'm in their hands now, and there's nothing I can do. It's sad in here, man. This shit work till ever. It's just bringing back old memories. Hopefully, I don't have anybody that I'm gonna have to like punch in their mouth immediately or bring out a side of me that I really don't want to show. Each of these ex-cons have been chosen because they have a very good chance of succeeding in their mission. But each of them have unique circumstances that make this commitment extremely challenging. Carlos, you doing all right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm not. Bitch ah! ass. I feel like I'm ready to hurt the first when that tries me. All right, man. Please don't test me. What's up? What's up? Being reintroduced to the old selves, there's a possibility that they can revert back to who they were before. That troubles me. Tell me what selling me, Whether or not they can lock in as they laser focus or revert back by way of a trigger, that's my worst fear. My sobriety means everything to me. You know how hard I've worked on that? Bro, wait. What? I don't feel like I'm in jail. I feel like I'm in an insane asylum here. They can do their job to get my It's their job. I feel like I'm just. It's a real show. Literally a show. I don't want to fall out. Will you please stop so I can talk to my daughter? If my dad knows about this bitch, see what I said. They can turn anything into a weapon. I don't trust nobody. Hey, oh. They treat us like dogs. Don't you say a me. I completely went back crazy. You're gonna get more tap outs than anything. This jail is hell. 60 days in, new season, Thursday, August 18th at 9, only on AE. Yo, what's up? What's going on, beautiful people? It is your re-entry coach, Coach T, back at y'all again. I hope y'all can see a little bit of why I have been away. Um, We're going to still give you the game and the information you need to go from feeling to phenomenal in your own journey, connect you with the resources, the inspiration, and the motivation. And... Uh, I hope y'all are extremely motivated by that. Um, my personal mess has been turned into a message. I have been given the opportunity to be on the 60 Days In on the new crew. Uh, what's special about this is that they intentionally selected uh, seven formerly incarcerated individuals to go in and make an impact. So I thought that was pretty amazing. And today the show premieres. And I hope most of you know, you know, when I do these podcasts, I like to bring on special guests that, you know, share their stories and give y'all the game and move y'all along, connect y'all with the resources and just continue providing that information and inspiration to keep y'all going. And my guest just popped in, so I'm going to pop her on the screen. 
and see what we got here. How we doing? How we doing? We're doing pretty well on this thunderous, rainy day here in Jacksonville, Florida. What about you? Oh man, we're good, but the rain is heading this way. Yeah, we got a so good thunderstorm me... warning that um just popped up on my phone. Let me get my camera together. Okay. All right, we're good now. Beautiful. So uh, let me not be rude and give you a formal introduction. I would like to present to you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, entrepreneur, CEO, business owner, author, writer, <laughs> to name Jenkins. What's up? Give it up. Give it up. Thank you so much for having Man. me. I appreciate being here. Man, beautiful, beautiful. Man, glad to have you. Um, came across profile on social media and it said recidivism specialist and I was hooked in and I had to see who you were and I perused your website and your uh, YouTube channel and I am highly impressed and kudos to you on your journey. Oh well, I appreciate that good looking out. I came for you went to the YouTube channel? Oh man. I, <laughs> that's that's yeah. funny. I forgot about, I haven't done that in quite some time but I've been busy uh, with this re-entry and recidivism, trying to help those who are coming behind us to um, have a better life and to succeed in their second chance. So, Absolutely, man. So one thing that I found very interesting about looking at your YouTube channel, I might have to send people there because I don't want to highlight, you know, all like the negatives, mm -hmm. you know, of your story. I want to talk more about the things that you overcome. So they will have to check out the YouTube channel to find out exactly what you did. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting that it kind of just, it seemed like it, as it just happened, that wasn't your lifestyle. You, you nah. weren't seeming to make, uh, be making decisions that would lead you to go to jail. Right. So what, what, what do you think was the mindset or the tweet that just uh, allowed you or enticed you to put your life in jeopardy? Well, okay, so let's see. I was sentenced to two years, five years probation for what I did. However, it wasn't until after my fifth year of probation that I found out that I had impulse control disorder, which is a disorder that does not, um, things don't compute. Like you just do stuff and it's like, I, I have impulse, no. Like I didn't think things through at all with any decisions that I made I just did them and when the consequences would come I would be like ah okay but it, it wouldn't affect me in the way that it should so when I um decided to defraud to do the fraud that um it was just like let me see if I can do it I didn't need the money I didn't even want the money I just was like, hmm, let me see if I can do this. And that is what basically got me in a situation that I was in. It was not thinking things through. It was not feeling anything in regards to it or anything like that. And since I've been diagnosed, I've been able to, um, my thought process has changed. And I had to work at that to make sure that I thought things through and that I did things um, well, I thought about consequences with my actions. So I've been I've been on the straight and narrow since then. Man, that's 
that that's a that's a wild factor in itself to find out that it was a disorder mm-hmm. uh, that you had to work through. But it still comes back to mindset. Could you share some of those strategies or or tips that you? I'm sure still implement today to, to make sure that you're making the right decision. Absolutely. There was a time that I could not go into a store. It, it was crazy because it was like, I could have a pocket full of money. And if I didn't want to pay for something, I'm just being off. If I didn't want to pay for something, I wouldn't. And so it was like a, a year or two years that I wouldn't go into a store. Um, to just shop it was also when i finally did go into stores i'm like okay hey you have the money pay for what you want and then the position well the 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 job that i have now i can make it as much money as i want to and i can make it how i want to so and i've had it for three years so being able to get into a a job that allows me to feel like I never lack. And that was that was a mindset. I felt like I can't spend it because I won't have it if I need it. And being able to get into a position where I can make as much money as I, I need to. And also I had to figure out what my enough looked like. Mm. And a lot of, you know, I was chasing enough for a long time. But I didn't know what enough looked like. I didn't know what it felt like. I didn't know what it tasted like. And until I defined what enough was for me, I could never um, obtain it. And that was a that was a very big thing for me. Man, it, it is. I, I mean, I got two nuggets right there. Like you not going into the store, you had to build the muscle, mm-hmm. you know, of the action to do the right thing. Right. And then that finding enough, man. You, it, ooh, ooh, that's big. Yeah. But what i mean what what uh encourage you to you know share your story i mean that's kind of big you know who wants to admit they got a disorder or you know uh something you know in the mind that that, that uh challenges them and, and cause them to you know fall at time so in 2020 you know the shutdown came mm-hmm. in 2020 and i was released from prison april 22nd of 2012 and it just so happened to be the eighth anniversary of the the day i was released and i recorded a tiktok video and the tiktok video it was just it was a trend and it was music playing and you pointing at words on the screen and just telling a quick story and i told the story of you know eight years ago i i did something stupid and ended up in prison and the gist of the video was you can do it you'll be all right keep your head up and that video receives over six hundred thousand views before i deleted my tiktok account and the response to it was so over i was like wow and it was a lot of people on there saying you know what i needed to see this you know i i just got out a week ago i got out two weeks ago I'm, i'm struggling and this is something i needed to see so when that happened i was like okay people need to hear my story because my story is not my own i can help somebody by telling what i went through and how i overcame and a friend of mine said if you have a platform use it and that is when i began to tell my story 
And telling my story took back so much power that I had given away to other people that were telling my story wrong. So I was able to uh, tell, tell my story, tell a complete story and not leave anything out like, you know, people would do. And so that's that's why I started telling my story, because I knew people needed to hear it. You're absolutely right. I agree with that. I'm glad you do share your story because I was able to come across it. Uh, you care to share a little bit about your educational background? Sure. Uh, my, well, so I was in the United States Air Force. I was in the Air Force. I was an air traffic, control, air traffic controller in the Air Force quite some time ago. Give my age away. Very detailed individual. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. I um, But I was in college when I went to prison. My major was t- uh, computer networking and telecommunications. Wow. And unfortunately, during like my fall semester, I went to prison and it resulting in getting all else for that semester and wasn't able to go back because I owed money. But I'll be picking that back up uh, next year. I'm also a certified game changing uh, public speaker through Eric Thomas, Dr. Eric Thomas, E.T. Uh, Thomas and Associates. Hey, I'm a game changer too. You're a game changer too? Yeah, I'm an extreme execution That's too. That's what's up. So I, I graduated yeah. this year from that. Beautiful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You call with it. Uh, you certified <laughs> for sure. That's what's up. No, uh, but not, not, that's amazing that you're going to pick back up your education. And I'm glad you shared that because I know education is a barrier uh, to re-entry. So with you pursuing, well, uh, finishing out your education, and I know you also advocate for the licensing of ex, uh, of returning citizens. Yeah. Yeah. Is that going to affect you? And you go, you, you prepare for that fight? I, I'm not looking for an occupational license, so I don't have um, that particular issue that some people would have. And the thing is, my my trade is electric uh, electrical. I was going to be an electrical engineer. That's what I wanted to do. And I took that trade up. But as a felon, if I were to pursue that, I wouldn't be able to get it because of occupational licensing. But uh, it, it's not going to affect me. And I just got noticed today because I was talking to... Um, this guy up in DC, DC, his name is Terrell. And he sent me a message today, letting me know that something is coming down the pipeline mm-hmm. and some student loans and some such and such and Pell grants may become available or forgiven for those trying to uh, succeed in their second chance as well. So I'm excited about that. Man, I, I pray and hope that goes through, man. Like, do you, would you discourage, you know, someone with a background into getting into some type of trade or what, what kind of advice would you have for them, you know, trying to pursue those occupational licenses since you kind of advocate for that and kind of know a little bit of I would what they're not doing or not deter- doing in that area? Yeah, I wouldn't deter anybody from um, pursuing that. What I would tell them to do first is look at their state and what the requirements in their state. And some people can go through the licensing board and appeal it and get their license that way. Um, My friend's brother had to fight to get his massage therapist license. Massage therapy. His crime was not, had nothing to do with a massage at all. 
but he had to fight to get his license and now he owns um a massage he owns um a franchise massage envy so, oh yeah that's big chain yeah okay right. yeah so you have to um just put your best foot forward and if you're ready for that fight and if you do your research and, and see what state says in regards to certain occupation you no know, and some people might not even know what an occupational license is it's about 40 of them electrician um housing uh, inspector he's like i can't I can't inspect houses because I'm a felon. And these are all right. occupational um, occupations that can provide a living wage to those re-entering back in society. And that's why we're really fighting for that here in Florida. Absolutely, man. That's good, man. Hope we can join in that fight. I'm here in Texas. Now, okay. Hey, we need it. And I, I believe Texas is fighting for it as well. I know North Carolina, South Carolina, we're all trying to get on that occupational licensing should not be withheld from felons type oh absolutely i believe it opens the doors to entrepreneurship as well absolutely yeah and reduces recidivism less broken homes all that good stuff absolutely man so i want to ask you about uh your support system you know watching your youtube uh channel during your time in jail and even getting out and your journey to re-entry mm -hmm. uh, seems to be you had a strong support system how different do you feel your story would have been uh had you not had that as a returning citizen my my story story would have been completely uh different honestly i think my life would have been completely different if i did not have the support system that I had when I came home my mom was there now my mom never came to see me that's that wasn't her thing she sent me a little coin to put on my books but she would not come see me my father um, and my uncle who is his twin brother they showed up my sister came and brought my nephews um to see me I had friends that just popped up out of the blue with a uh visitation request and when I it's like being able to have people lift you up instead of beat you over the head with a mistake that you made can make all the difference. My, my mother never beat me up. My father never beat me up. Nobody ever, I was beating myself up enough. Mm -hmm. And so to have people in your corner supporting you, basically say, hey, you did what you did. It's done and over. Now, now do, do what you need to do. So, it would have been a totally different story if I did not have my mother and my father in my corner. So uh, what do you attribute having those strong relationships carry over to, you know, support you in a time where you was, you know, make, make not making the best decisions and, and having to go through a, a little struggle per se? Do you say you were kind of relationship oriented? You build a solid relationship or, you know, what, what do you think uh, attributed to that support. I'm just trying to ask in a way to get out information to people who may not have a strong support system and, and kind of dig into the mindset that you had about relationships before you, you know, uh, mm -hmm. got incarcerated and things like that. So my, um, what I did, I did by myself. Like nobody knew what I had done and nobody really knew I was going to prison until the day I went. And one, it was because I was ashamed and I didn't reach out to anyone in my family for 
support at that time. And when I went to prison and saw that they supported me anyway, and saw that, you know, what it didn't matter what I did, I was still their child, their sister, their cousin, or whatever have you, that made me change my mindset in regards to what um, support really looked like. Because I did feel so, I, I felt alone um, in a sense when, before I went to prison. And I wasn't. And it showed up when I when I went to prison. And when I came home, I pulled on those relationships. Wow. And I didn't allow myself to feel alone in that way again because I realized that there were people for me even though I didn't believe they were there for me myself. And it's a lot of people in the world that's walking around feeling alone and they're not. They just, they haven't opened up to get the support from um, individuals that would support them regardless. I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask, what do you feel facilitated that feeling of loneliness? You said you didn't open up. We got to open up. We got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. Yes, absolutely. So what do you think facilitated like your healing or or emotional intelligence in in that moment? Because it seemed like you've grown tremendously. That is an excellent question. I will tell you, in, in June of 2019, I lost everything. When I say I lost everything, I lost my job. I t- and it was all in, a, in in 14 days. Lost my job, my car, my relationship, and I almost died. And I did not feel the effects of that. Like, I pushed it all away. Like, I didn't want to feel it. So I'm just going to go through life like it never happened. You can't do that. And a year later, Absolutely. I was on a downward spiral. Like, I was, like, tumbling. And I was drinking every day. I don't even drink beer. But I was drinking beer for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And a friend of mine said, one day I hope that you feel like you're enough. And when she said that, I was like, you know what? I don't feel like I'm enough. So I took that feeling and tried to turn it around. And the first thing that I did to do that was uh, try to help others that were in my my situation. And that's when I created everything I am. And that was October. I paid off my probation that year too, $18,000. In October, I I created the organization. And then October, November, in January of 2021, I got into therapy. I'm an advocate for counseling. So I got into therapy. Uh, My therapist's name is Alexandra. And I love her to pieces. And she helped me work through so much and so many things that I didn't know were holding me back or hindering me. So the first thing I needed to do in order to move forward and get better was forgive myself for all the things I took myself through. What? what? I ain't got my my thing. Hold on. I I don't know if you can see it. Uh, Forgive. Forgive Forgive yourself. Yes. They go from to you know what I'm saying? I, yeah, it starts yeah, it starts with forgiving it yourself. It starts absolutely. with forgiving yourself. And because I had not forgiven myself, I had to forgive myself for my previous relationship, you know, what the part that I played in it to make it go the way it did. I had to forgive myself for the thing I did to end up in prison. 
um, I just had to go through a whole thing of forgiveness of self. And once I did that, I was able to move forward. So when I do presentations, I, I call feel your feelings, forgive yourself, embrace your past because you got to own it, elevate your thinking and look beyond your circumstances. And when you go through those four steps, you'll come out a whole different person. So that's how I, that's, that's how I got to be who I am. Like, it was like the best thing. After forgiveness, it was like cake. And a lot oh, yeah. of people, they'll forgive other people and don't even think about forgiving themselves. Mm-hmm. But that's where it starts. And not really, yeah, realizing that's what got you stuck. Yeah. I like that. You can beat yourself up over and over and over again for something you did. And it's because you Absolutely. haven't forgiven yourself absolutely you hear that people therapy is okay okay it's i got okay. a therapist yeah i started going to therapy this year too and i've i've learned a great uh deal of things especially dealing with uh you know current circumstances you know uh my, my mother struggled mm-hmm. with addiction and um you know, just fighting through that you know parenting your parent you know that's not something i'm supposed to be doing but yeah. you know i got to work through that and uh overcome that and not let that be another a barrier on my own personal journey so mm-hmm. yeah um i want to get into uh the recidivism strategist you know uh oh. where, where did that title come from i mean that that's big and and that's what we really need to be talking about i really don't care for reform because i mean it really needs to be tore down and built back up right so if we could just focus on recidivism and stop the in and out the revolving door mm-hmm. of it i i think that is uh better than trying to get them to rewrite you know a, a, a lot of uh, legislation that they're not willing to to do right now absolutely i tell people all the time even like, oh you're prison reform i'm i'm not i'm not prison reform i'm people reform mm-hmm. like i'm here for the people i'm not here for the prison system sign me up <laughs> <laughs> when those when when the individuals they come out they need stuff like they need um programs and they need mental health uh uh programs and therapy because some people going to prison don't come out the same person a lot of people going to prison don't come out the same person and you would think well that's what's supposed to happen they're supposed to go in and come out different but some of them don't come out different in a good way you know what i'm saying so when i started everything i am i knew i wanted to help the people and not the prison like yes i'm on a whole policy council here in florida but eh, my people i gotta pull them up and and let them know that they are enough and i don't want them to take eight years to figure it out like it took me absolutely so i i have several conferences coming up I seen that. I seen that. Man, you are well connected. You're well connected. And I gotta get on those. I got gotta gotta attend those conferences, man. It's it's crazy. Um, but when I told the people, I'm like, I'm not here for prison reform. I'm here for the people. And they never looked at it like that. They never looked at it like that. And that's why I was able to get so much traction in this in this arena. Because I'm not nah, we not prison reforming. We people performing over here. You got all the taglines. I hope you don't mind me using these. <laughs> you you was killing the game. Yeah, people reform. I love that. 
Um, and you're acknowledging that there are, you know, re-entry programs. And I feel like there's a lot of resources. I feel like there's a, a disconnect uh, mm-hmm. with the people and the resources behind, you know, that, that lack of mindset change. And it, it, I feel like you and I are in positions of, of bridging those two. But, uh, but in addition, in the website, you talked about, you know, equipping re-entry programs with the tools that they need. You know, yes. recidivism. Uh, what do you feel like a, a lot of reentry programs are missing? Well, this is well, I, I came through a, a reentry program when I came home 10 years ago. I was in a reentry program for two weeks because they were like, you don't need resume writing. Um, you, you don't need clothes. You don't need such and such. Let's just go ahead and send you for an interview. What I needed most was counseling and it was not offered but they built that re-entry program since then so what i think is necessary for re-entry programs today is being able to get housing or uh some type of um transitional housing Mm -hmm. for people that are homeless and do not have um family that they can go to we need mental health counseling that is a major part of it because if your mind is not right you're never going to be right you're not going to get right so that's one thing to build that muscle that mental muscle um and they need programs that are focused on not necessarily we we all need a job we all need resume writing skills and all of that stuff but it would be so awesome if re-entry programs were able to partner with colleges because with more education it would having education reduces the recidivism rate by 63 percent and it's like if you guys don't see that so offer the classes offer the courses educate these people so they are not continuing to go in and out of that revolving door Six hundred thousand men and women are released from prison each year. Another one point nine million, go, no, one point two million go through um, jails every year. Yeah, it, it's a problem. It is, and poverty is directly related to that problem. So yeah, education, you know, is is a big factor in in getting the recidivism rate down. Man, you got some good solutions, man. You know all the facts you are plugged in uh tell me a little bit uh about from prison to president oh wow all right so from prison to president five ways to succeed in your second chance is a book that i wrote and published earlier this year oh it's actually no. a workbook. um it is a book and then a workbook to go with it so we are actually trying to get the book into the prison system or even re-entry programs so that individuals can see or can work through how to feel your feelings. That's that's what the book is based on. So it, it's step by step about how to do certain things, you know, ideas on forgiveness and embracing your past and, and you know, setting up visions. Like, Right, make it uh, write a vision, make it plain type deal. So that's what mm-hmm. from prison to present, and it's some stories in regards to my journey in there as well, and how I overcame and how I got through it. So that's prison to present. I'm 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 a little proud of it. So 
Yeah, you should be a lot of proud of it. You should be a lot of proud of it. So uh, the only way someone can, you know, I got someone access, you know, the book or be a part of the, the, the workshop without it being being uh, incarcerated, like you're trying to get them into the jail or reentry program. The book is available on uh, my website, tanainejenkins.com. And I do workshops monthly with individuals um, virtually, as a matter of fact. I like I like getting my hands in the mix. I'm, I'm busy, but I like to be able to connect with individuals and, and bring them up. I'm not mad at that. That is beautiful. So yeah, uh, prison to president. Uh, did you become a president of anything? Or what, where, did, where did the name come from? What, what, what are we president, presidenting over? <laughs> I am the president of the lock line, which is a uh, clothing. Well, let me let me say it right. I am the president of the lock line, which is the only apparel company in the U.S. dedicated to those who are on a locked journey. That's so I'm president of the lock line and I am the founder and CEO of everything I am LLC. So I have like three different. Yeah. Absolutely. Business owner and entrepreneur. Uh, what's a lot journey? The 14 oh, years. Lock. 14 years, yes. Wow. Okay. I did so eight we, years and got out. Say it again. I did eight years and got out. Ah. Uh, I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm knocking on 15 right now. I'm not getting out anytime soon. At all. Are you dedicated? <laughs> you are dedicated. So have you been doing any uh, writing lately? Uh, a poet or, or uh, uh, you wrote something. Uh, what What is this? A uh, different kind of love? You heard of that? <laughs> a different kind of love. I wrote it published in 2005. And I am finishing up um, Rhymes, which is an anthology of five stories as well. I have... What is, I have um, the Gospel According to Poetry, which is a, a poetry book that has a hundred poems in it um, from across the world. So I'm not the only one in this. So I did a call for poetry and got over 200 submissions. And then I picked the best of them and put them in his book uh, called The Gospel According to Poetry. And I did that in 2015. And then I have This Is How I Cry, which is a poetry book just of my work that I published in like 2007. Okay. I mean, I love the creative aspect. You know, I DJ out here and I DJ a lot on the com comedy and poetry scene in Houston. Would you come out here and do some poetry? Absolutely. I like okay, it. Okay. I like the great stages. Okay. Sometimes. Well, then I have to get you out here. So you want to spit something right now? <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> I can give a little, little thing. Okay, we'll take it. We'll take it. Some people look at me like I have a disease because of my locked hair and my baggy jeans. Please. I have just as much sense as you. And it scares the mess out of you. The fact that I can speak properly and we know some of the same philosophies. Now we see eye to eye and yet and still I can't get by or why. Does the rain fall on me? Makes me fall to my knees and pray to the heavens. Please take my breath away. That's all I'm. That's all I'm gonna do. Hey, that's good enough. That's a teaser. So when I bring out, ladies and gentlemen, y'all better come support to see that show. And grab <laughs> all them books, man. Uh, so uh, 
Can I get a little personal? Sure. I see. The, how long have you been married? I'm not married. Oh, I thought you was married. That's what your YouTube channel said. No, it didn't. Oh, look. I must have must have read it long. I thought you was married. <laughs> no. No, well, man. It, it, it's all good. No, I'm not married. Good. Anyways, but I just want to ask, like, you know, uh, being in professional uh, spaces and advocating for, you know, recidivism and the people, do you come um, up against any discrimination as a lesbian woman? Um, I have not witnessed any. I have not. I've been welcomed with open arms in so many uh, rooms. It's, I've never had an issue. Um, and I know some people do face discrimination because of their lifestyle. I'm not one of them. And I'm I'm thankful and I'm grateful and I'm, I'm very blessed to not have that issue in this space. But it's also, it's not a lot of women black women in the space of recidivism and re-entry that are outspoken and that are telling it's a lot of men like it's a lot of men out there um because they're more affected by the prison system you know in prison 80 percent of the population are men so that that's who's speaking out and so now that when i came out in uh on the scene everybody's like oh a new face, a woman, a black woman, LGBTQ plus. So it's like, I'm, I check all the boxes. Absolutely, man. I love that. Uh, I, I'm joining you. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, come on. Come on. All right. Oh, man. Uh, that's pretty much, you know, you know, all I had. I, I'm glad you came on. I mean, you got any questions for me? I know I just popped up. I appreciate you for responding and stepping out there and uh, willing to accept my invite and share some knowledge, you know, on, on feel your feelings. And that <laughs> right. uh, prison to president, man, I, I, I uh, pray that uh, people get in contact with you and, and uh, receive what you have to give and, and you know, on a journey and, and knock it out the box, man. But like I said, you had any uh, questions? I do me? have a question for you. I don't, I don't know if you put it out there. I talked about it. Sixty days in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, I've, I've been blessed. I've been blessed with the opportunity uh, for for my mess to now be my message. Okay. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grassroots on, on this thing. You know, they found my little 300 Instagram uh, follower page and with my hashtag fell into phenomenal, just trying to get out there and, and share, share my message and bring a little, uh, creative, uh, responses to the problems of re-entry, you know, um, having people elevate their soft skills and their character development and have a plan, you know, uh, for, for re-entry. Uh, because you know, if you don't, you don't plan, you're gonna fail. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, uh, I'm on there premieres tonight. Actually, on oh, premieres tonight. Uh. Yeah, tonight on A and E, and I'm not gonna lie to you. My entire experience prepared me for this moment. I shined. I I will show the world how I went for Felon to Phenomenal. Okay, yeah, that's man. what's up. I was uh, when I saw it, I was like, she brave. <laughs> oh man, it ain't that bad. Just a county. <laughs> I would rather exactly rather prison, right? 
<laughs> than the people. No, yeah, yeah, nah, they ain't have nothing. Nah, nah, that that jail, um, yeah, yeah, that jail, yeah, the experience was 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 horrible. Uh, the jail really should have been uh, shut down, but there was a new sheriff in town. He inherited, and he brought the show in to kind of see um, where they are. And a little surprise, um, Shaquille O'Neal is on that sheriff team as the uh, community representative. Um, you know, I don't know if people remember Shaquille O'Neal getting like his, I remember. Uh, what that is it, at school? Yeah, becoming a, a police officer and things yeah. like that. And now he's sheriff. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but uh, I mean, they, they're, they're doing great work. And uh, the sheriff there in Henry County is the first African-American uh, sheriff. And he's a real down to earth, uh, intelligent guy who's ready to put the work in and um, is committed to reducing recidivism and starting in the jails. So yeah, I ride with him. That's 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 awesome, man. I was like, I don't know if I can go back in there. <laughs> I've come such a mighty long way. <laughs> absolutely. Nah, it, yeah, I can't. It, even, it I just felt like I felt like it just added a little bit more credibility, you know, uh, mm-hmm. to, to what I'm doing and kind of launch, you know, a, a launching pad for me, you know, because okay. I've been kind of quiet and uh, a little timid. I ain't gonna lie, you know, you about getting be. out there. And I'm glad I came across, you know, you know, your page and seeing all the advancements in the circles that you're in, like I said, which is inspiring and motivating. And I just hope that, you know, I could, you know, possibly work with you or, you know, be alongside with you in, in some capacity. Absolutely. Uh, you, you, know, you make a great strides. And I, I mean, I support the, the, the mission. Definitely. Well, I appreciate that. And I can't wait to see you on these 60. You might, you might encourage me to to see are okay. they gonna have a, a episode a season two what is uh of 60 days in what season this is yeah what season this is the first uh, one? seven no this is like season seven really oh yeah you can go get catched up you can go binge watch it hey but this is the first time they selected uh seven uh formerly incarcerated individuals to do it Really? And yeah, and we all have in our own way, you know, overcome the system and, um, you know, just progressed. And so it was just taking that risk to put us back in there and see how far we come, actually, and in what ways we can help the sheriff. That is that is dope. Yeah. It sounded like it was for a great cause. Oh, and yeah. I, I appreciate you doing that to, to shed light on what's going on. Oh, beautiful. Absolutely. I, I wouldn't have it any other way, man. I had to seize that opportunity. <laughs> Absolutely. So kudos to you. Man, I appreciate that. Uh, you got anything else? I don't, I don't have anything else. That's right. that, I, I wanted to, to ask about that because I saw it. Man, I'm glad you saw that. I, I hope you check it out, man. And uh, you hit me up and tell me all about it. I, I am. I'm like, oof. We're going <laughs> to see awesome man man again I, I can't thank you enough and i don't suspect this will be the last time of us interacting and uh, fight the good fight man absolutely we gotta we gotta do a some type of conference with returning citizens man that, that went from felon to phenomenal the yes. phenomenal conference i see it there it is right there yes i love it i love it we we shall yeah we shall, man and i appreciate your time man until next time uh forget society forgive yourself forgive, forgive, and go forgive yourself. phenomenal absolutely
All right. Later. Later.